We are talking specific ministries, age-specific ministries, gender-specific ministries, issue-specific ministries, and we're not using the term issues in a negative way. This is just things that we address. Do we practice these type of ministries, or do we not practice these type of ministries? And just to clarify, we're talking about things such as women's ministry and men's ministry and kids' ministry and student ministry and, well, marriage classes and recovery classes and lots of examples. But to help me with all the examples and all the conversation, we have two guests with us on this episode. Let me introduce you to our two guests who are thrilled to be on this episode. Megan, we've got Megan first. We're going to talk a little bit to Megan, and we've got Daphne. So, Megan, let's get to know you just briefly, because I know that you just are thrilled to talk on this episode, so you're going to have short answers with everything. Hey, how long how long you you guys been at Riley Road? Um... We've been here since 2011, and the only reason why I remember that is because I was nine months pregnant with my oldest, so we've been here quite some time, I guess 12 years, just about, so yeah, So been here quite some time. You, you just know the answer to that because you think about how old Willow is. Right, yep, yeah. exactly. Okay, yeah. all right, and um, Daphne, let's ask you, what, how, long, how long have you guys been here at Raleigh Road? Um, we moved here in... Uh, I guess 2020 uh, during COVID, and we've been here what three and a half years, I think. So. Yeah, because you moved and you visited. We visited before. yes October 2019. Uh-huh. Visited the church. Yeah. Yeah, because I I remember meeting you guys that that first Sunday yes. that you were here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Now I'm gonna. Uh, how about uh, what I like about having you two here is you you coming into this conversation with very unique church past and backgrounds. Uh, Megan, you, you grew up not Southern Baptist. What, right. what, was the, uh, what was the childhood religion experience and then, then practically what church have you really done everything local church in? Um, so I grew up, our family didn't go to church growing up, um, but my mother practiced, she was Catholic, so kind of grew up with that background, but I actually grew up um, being picked up by a Baptist church in a bus ministry, but so a little bit of Baptist background, but just not as much as I've learned here at Raleigh Road, but yeah, but mainly with a Catholic background um, growing up, so. Yeah, and the local church is practically here at Raleigh Road. Right, yeah. Yeah. So the good or the bad, you've been warped only by us. Uh, yes. Yes. Great. I have grown <laughs> very much here. So not so much growing up, but yeah. I, I learned the Bible stories and the songs, but that's probably yeah about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. All right, Daphne, you you have a different answer to this question. I think so. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I grew up um, as a child. I grew up in the uh, more independent, fundamental, maybe kind of background. King James only. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and you went to church on Sunday and you were a good Sunday person and then you lived however you wanted to the rest of the week. Um, but after Tim and I got married, um, we, we moved around quite a bit. We worked with the children's Bible missions and, um, it took us to different states. So we were involved in a lot of different churches, mainly Baptist churches. Um, we did go to one evangelical free church, Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that would lean more on the Presbyterian side of things. I'm not sure, but 
They're, they're healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're healthy. Um, but yeah, so we've gotten to see, we've gotten to see a lot of different kinds of churches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for where our episode's heading, where have you guys had experience, either with age-specific or gender-specific, um, or uh, we probably need to find another term other than issue-specific. Yeah. It just sounds <laughs> negative, but maybe we say topic-specific, Area, yeah. yeah. areas of focus-specific. Um, Megan, it seems like you're, you're answering first on all these questions, so uh, how about yeah. you just go ahead and answer? <laughs> um, I've mainly been, you know, with the kids, um, that's where I've been... Um, a lot, but here lately I've been involved in the women's ministry. Um, you know, we've been part of some, uh, I guess we're having a, a parenting class later, maybe. I don't know, like yeah, just with different. I've heard it scheduled. Know, I've been part of some marriage classes or groups, um, but um, mm-hmm. when I had preschoolers, when my kids were younger, I was part of even a mops ministry where it was moms of preschoolers. So just kind of all around. Um, but mainly right now, um, you know, kids ministry, I'm dabbling a little bit into the students. So we'll see where that takes us. Uh, <laughs> Matt and I, our plate has kind of gotten a little lighter at nine thirty, So we'll see. Um, yeah. Planning to go to camp with them soon. So we'll see. Stepping yeah. Out of a comfort zone, but don't know if we want to hover over Willow and give her her space. So we'll see where, yeah. that, where that takes us. So, Awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, you, you, you mentioned some marriage things in the past. Did, did Matt learn anything? Uh, mm, I think so. Okay. All right. Maybe. Yeah. Good job. Good job, Matt. Um, Daphne, you, you've got experience in some of these areas of ministry in what way? Uh, yeah, we've been involved um, in, or I've been involved in min- women's ministry a little bit and then with kids ministry, um, anywhere from the younger age to the, to the youth. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as the specific issue specific, um, I don't know that I've been involved in too many of the, like the marriage or parenting classes or anything, but yeah, mainly just kids and students. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about these ministries and here's how I want to start. I want to talk about the benefits of these ministries and we're, we're staying broad. We, we can get specific, but again, we're talking about these uh, gender-specific. We're talking about these age-specific and these uh, what we're now calling topic-specific um, ministries. And I want to talk about how they can be helpful to the Christian, to the local church, and provide benefit for, that, for the Christian journey. So we're talking benefits. What, what comes to mind for the both of you regarding a benefit that these type of ministries have? Um, I think first off, a lot of times for me comes community. Like it can be a safe on-ramp for someone to ease into the body and just kind of get plugged in and jumpstart a lot of relationships. And, you know, we find comfort in people who are in the same season as we are, same uh possibly struggles, you know, that might be something we could relate to with somebody. But, you know, just kind of being in those groups where you can encourage each other through those seasons, um, you know, just give some wisdom. But I think so, too, with some of these maybe gender-specific, age-specific, well, just all of them, uh, could create opportunities for you to see new faces um, if you're not new, like if you are involved in your life group heavily, you might not see anybody outside of that group. Um, you know, just I 
there's been times where we've, I think we did like a woman's panel one time and some of the women were like, I've never seen that person before. So it's just creating, you know. <laughs> they sit on the other side of the we, church. <laughs> we purposely, yeah, we purposely picked people that nobody really knew um, so they could get to know people. So there, that's been times where I've met new faces too. But just, yeah. I think there's a lot of good opportunities, especially like with our kids ministry, like the age, like the, the learning development, I guess, like the curriculum, although they can, they are capable of learning some very deep stuff. So, um, but you know, that, that time for them to, to learn some things age specific, age appropriate, I guess, or, um, you know, college kids come to mind helping each other out through, you know, finals and courses. Yeah. So so the the relationships that are built because you find yourself in, in same seasons of life. Right. So you've got two kids, Willow and Porter, mm-hmm. and they're ages 12, 12 and, and 7. seven. Yeah. So you're looking at other parents that have similar age kids, and you're, and you're asking questions, what do I do now? Right. How yeah. do I make it through this season? Yeah. Okay. I, I get yeah. that. That relationship definitely yeah. um, builds and, yeah. and hones in more of that biblical community and what you need right. in your Christian journey. Yeah. Um, Daphne, any experience with those type of relationships and how those relationships have benefited either you've benefited somebody else or they've benefited you? Um, well, the benefits that I've had just like with, um, just say for like when, when you all have young kids, like being able to be around other parents that have young kids and then just to journey alongside of each other, um, through the struggles and the joys of just parenting too. Like, Mm. um, so having, um, I guess those age specific or, what would that be like? Would it be age specific? Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's almost but like season specific. Season, We're just, that's more like season specific. We've got all kinds yes. of titles going on around <laughs> yes. here. But in the the gender specific, like uh, sometimes there, it's you know we we may not be as comfortable um, talking amongst you know a group of you know men or women, and so just having the women that you can go to and hmm. in that. In a ministry and just talk through some things if you if you want to talk through a subject you know? yeah so I can see some benefits in that for sure yeah and and with the kids as well um, sometimes it's when they have their peers it, it's easier for them to talk through some things yeah too, so. so we've really highlighted the um, the relational side of things but what's also kind of crept into the relationship um, benefit is another benefit is that the, the, the age specificness or gender specificness, it allows you to engage certain topics and certain conversations, even being vulnerable and transparent to somebody else that you find that safe space because of where they've been or, or they're currently involved as well. And it allows a bit more of a, would you say, a connection and understanding, mm-hmm. maybe a deeper growth when you're yeah. journeying yeah. with those folks. Mm-hmm. Um so if you, if you have that kind of specific engagement, those specific conversations with those relationships, let me throw another benefit out there. And I just want to, actually, I want to use the two of you as examples. Um, a benefit in these type of ministries that the church becomes more multi-generational. Not every aspect of the local church needs to be done with people that are in the same season of life. Right. Mm-hmm. And the same generation that you're in. Right. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Megan, we pointed out the ages of your kids. Daphne, what season of life do you find yourself in with your 
children. Oh, well, I'm in the are almost in the empty nesting <laughs> season, so that's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, it's so it's a quite a different season as Megan, but um, and it's also helpful for me to go to the people that has been empty mm-hmm. nesters for a really long time and mm-hmm. just seek counsel from them, and and then I can, mm-hmm. you know, help Megan. Um, we need to be working together in each season, I think. Yeah. Because right now, um, let's see, your family, you have, your oldest is up in Northern Virginia. Yes, we have a daughter. She is, her name's Emily, and she is married to Cody. They have uh, a church plant there in Lovettsville, Virginia. They're with the Pillar Network. Um, so, yeah. And then Austin, who just got married. Mm-hmm. And then we have Abby, who is just graduating this year, and we'll be heading to Liberty soon. So, yeah. Yeah. Not sure what we're going to do with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty to do. And, and you look at Tim and say, oh. Who are th- you? There you are. <laughs> and it's interesting. Like, you you try not to find your identity so uh, much in your yeah. kids, but then they leave and you're like, oh, wait. Uh, maybe I <laughs> did a little bit. <laughs> you so. can watch mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like a wake-up right. call a little bit. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, but, but with your season of life and you know, you, you already mentioned looking at Megan, you're able to converse with her having mm-hmm. been there, done that, and yeah. see the other end. Yes. And she's looking, Megan's looking at times saying, hey, um, can you just watch my kids? Exactly, yes. <laughs> and there's benefit all the way around. There is benefit. There's benefit all the way around. <laughs> and, and for the two of you, like, you're, you're going to go to women's ministry events. Um, if you see me there, we have a problem. I'm trying not to go to those women's ministry <laughs> events because that is allowing you all those relationships and those specific topics that you're addressing in, in, the, in the name of biblical womanhood. So we see all these benefits that come with these kind of ministries. But the question of the episode is, practice these or not? Here's a great study that someone can do. How biblical are age-specific ministries. How biblical are gender-specific ministries? Oh, that will take you down a rabbit trail. We're not going down that rabbit trail. Instead, here's where we're headed for the rest of the episode. Let's take this thought process. Age-specific, gender-specific, and these issue or topic-specific ministries can be practiced in the local church But let's add this phrase, with caution. Mm -hmm. And why is that the case? Hey, I've got a few things I want to share based on what I've seen, what you guys have seen, that are areas of caution for these kind of ministries. And as I present these, let's just converse about them for a few minutes. I'm curious to what your perspective is based on what's been my perspective as well. So here's here's kind of caution number one behind these types of ministries in the local church. Caution number one, they can too easily create silo ministries. All right, you, yeah. you've, you've heard that term. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, it, what, it, what comes to mind when you hear that silo ministry term? How, like, what do you, how do you think through that? Um, to me, what comes to mind is just really kind of like separating yourself from the whole body, um, putting the label on your group and just kind of taking more so similarities versus the diversity we have within the church. Just um, 
you know, I think a lot of times you can kind of have some church hurt with that too, where you kind mm-hmm. of exclude some people who may want to either, you know, they may not be in that season, but they might want to grow and learn maybe um, for future or just help serve that group of that group in that ministry and you know it, it may damper or have church hurt where you just kind of say yeah this is really for this season or for our group so I think that could kind mm. of create some tension there where um, and that, that's 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 yeah. a great word because I, I've personally journeyed with people that you know it seems like sometimes the local church can really focus on marriages right and you often, sometimes even unexpectedly, you leave out all those who are not married. Right. Yeah. Um, same with things like parenting. And mm. then you have mm-hmm. couples who are going through seasons of infertility. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's, it brings up kind of harsh emotions at times. It's, and to be sensitive to that in the local church. Um, silo ministries, Daphne, what, what comes to mind or even what have you, where have you seen these kind of ministries before? Um, well, I, w- I would agree with Megan and just, it does, uh, I don't know. It's just like a Lone Ranger kind of thing mm-hmm. where um, we get too focused on just our group that we do not see the needs of the rest of the body of the church. Mm-hmm. And that can be very dangerous Yeah, um, because there is never a time that like, on this side of heaven, like we will continually be learning and growing Mm -hmm. from one another. And we need to be willing to meet with those, you know, whether it's a different age or a different gender or, and just be brothers and sisters Mm. in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the scariest phrases I've heard in the church that really leans itself towards the caution of ministries becoming silo ministries is the phrase a church within a church mm-hmm. and that, that scares me to death I, I've heard um, in previous churches I've, I've there's been Sunday school classes that have grown so large that they'll call it a church within a church mm-hmm. or a specific ministry whether it's a men's ministry women's ministry senior adult ministry that that they they almost act as if it's a church within a church mm-hmm. and that's so scary because if if a ministry itself becomes the goal and the purpose of specific Christians rather than the local church serving for the kingdom of God, well, we've got a problem then. Mm-hmm. Well, it becomes about us. It becomes the focus, very, very self-centered and not God-centered. Yeah, yeah, consumeristic mm-hmm. to a degree because you're saying, I'm only going to be where the church is specifically serving me. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I got to tell y'all this, this story. It's, it's not a, it's not a happy ending story, but it's a reality of, mm-hmm. of experience of pastoring. There was a, there was a, there was a couple who was, well, they were going through some hardships. They, they came and talked with me a few times about it and, and, and it ended with the divorce. And, the husband, a few weeks after I learned that there was a separation, it was headed that way, the husband stormed into my office, screaming and shouting at me, telling me how the church and me personally was not ready or set up to handle their situation. Now, let me filter what he's really saying. 
the church didn't have marriage classes. Mm. The church didn't have manhood classes. The church didn't tell me how to be a good husband. The church didn't. Now, I didn't say all that to him <laughs> at the time or the place, but how, how easy it is to think that way about the local church and how wrong that is. Mm-hmm. Like, it, to be that good husband is learn through the everyday, ordinary, organic means of the local church. Like you, you don't have to have a marriage-specific class mm-hmm. to become a better husband, to become a better wife, to become a better parent. You, you, need, the, you need the ministry of the Word. Mm-hmm. You need prayer. You need biblical community. And all those things are derived from those. So, you know, if you put way too much stock in a silo ministry philosophy, then yes, the church becomes a letdown. Because you can't address everything, and you can't address everything that people are going through right then and there, whether it's a church of 50 or 1,000 or 5,000. So you have to be really careful with these types of ministries because they can create a really unhealthy dependency Mm. within the church. Uh, Any other thoughts about this caution? Because this is one of those things... Hey, when you practice these type of ministries, just be aware that your ministry is not becoming bigger than the local church. Any other words? Any other thoughts regarding the silo ministry reality? No, I think you said it perfect, too. Like, the health of the ministry can become more of a priority of the local church, and just that's where you can kind of have your downfall and Mm. that dependency on that ministry. Like, if that ministry was taken away, would you still be, you know, could you still grow and learn in that, you know, biblical community or Yeah, were, were you were you committed to what the local right. church is yeah. or were you committed or to, like to that ministry? ministry? Right. So Yeah. That's but, good. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, L- let me throw another caution your way. <laughs> These types of ministries can divide the church while appearing to strengthen the church. Let let that sink in a minute because I I think what we're discussing here are things that have been experienced and seen but not necessarily vocalized very much. An age-specific ministry, kids' ministry, student ministry, senior adult ministry, a gender-specific ministry, women's, men's ministry, uh, an issue or topic ministry, recovery ministry, a, a parenting class, anything to that specific nature, may actually, can actually divide the church while they look like and feel like they're strengthening the church. What do you think? Um, oh, I'm asking both of you, so yeah, it doesn't matter so who it takes matter it first. first huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've kind of realized we've had a misconception that strength comes in numbers and just attracting, either attracting anybody to the church, um, to one segment of the church when we're supposed to be, as Christians, living throughout all the segments, throughout the whole church, um, generationally, you know, ages. um, You know, it can... If we're attracting people to one segment of the church, that can be unhealthy and dangerous because, you know, we're supposed to be attracting people 
with the gospel and how we're living out and displaying the gospel as a church. And they see the beauty of just, uh, you know, they're compelled to the community because they see us loving one another. Um, mm. You know, Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples by the way you love each other. And mm. so, you know, it's really important um, that they're drawn by that instead of the ministries. And two, you know, we're supposed to be a diverse group of people, like without Christ being the reason why we're gathering together, none of us would probably hang out with each other. So, <laughs> you know, we're unified through Christ and that should be the beauties and what should be attracting people. Cause I guess whatever you win them to, I guess, you know, that phrase that you say. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you win them, whatever you win <laughs> them with is whatever you win them to. And we want to win them to Christ. And right. The, yeah. A ministry. Th- th- those, you know, the benefit of the specific ministries is that you can bring people in sometimes. Right. Yes. You they're know, good I, aids to bring them in, but it's dangerous when they only stay, I guess, or if that's for the that. one. Yeah, they stay for that. Like, I think we went out with a group of people, and one of the youth had one of his friends. And, you know, my first thought is, you should come to youth, you know, or the student ministry one night. And so he's like, yeah. But then someone else brought up, you know, we are a part of a life group. And so it kind of branched him out to be a part of more than just what season he's in, I guess. So Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the student ministry example, you know, I've been there, done that. It's mm-hmm. very easy to try to grow the Wednesday night right. worship service yeah. and then make it almost completely disconnected to mm-hmm. the rest of the church. It, it's easy. Yeah. That's why I love that we have the students and the kids come to corporate worship, the kids every now and then, but other churches, you know, are guilty of making one service just for the youth, and that's all they've experienced. Right. And they've never been a part of corporate worship, or even with the kids' ministry, when they move up to the youth, they've never been in corporate worship, and they're like, well, this is different, it's, you know, but yeah, they're not used to that, so. Yeah. Daphne, what, what, what comes to mind is this idea of the caution of, it, they really can divide the church while appearing to strengthen. Let's hear from you. I've, I've got a couple examples to throw your way, see if you've ever seen this too, but what comes to mind? Um, well, what, what Megan just said, just about the, the age or the churches that we see that do the, the age-specific, like some of the dangers you start off in the nursery and then the kids, and then you go to the youth and then maybe a young adult and and then they get to the big church, so to speak, and they're like, now what? I don't even know how to function within that. Yeah. Um, so it can be dangerous in that sense of dividing um, and not really keeping that vision of what the church mm-hmm. is to be about, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I just, I don't know, trying to. Yeah, that's about what I got. Well, let me, let me give an example <laughs> and see if you've, like... if you've either seen this or experienced this because I, I know I have. Um, let, let's say there is a hypothetical men's ministry gathering, and there's a speaker or there's a conversation, and there is a truth proclaimed very boldly, very confidently, 
Well, let's just hypothetically say that happened on a Saturday morning because Saturday morning breakfast <laughs> gatherings, and it, they're like at six a.m. I'm like, why do some? Why do I want to wake up that early on Saturday? But um, well, there's pancakes. So oh, that's the, one thing. Pancakes <laughs> wouldn't draw me to that. You know, maybe a second helping of bacon. But um, what happens if that truth on that Saturday morning men's ministry breakfast? is a different truth than what, let's say, I stand the very next morning and proclaim and preach from the pulpit. Well, that causes confusion. Mm-hmm. And um, just what, like, I think you spoke to this earlier, like, what what would we believe? Like, who do we believe? Um, and it just, it, calls a, it causes a divide. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I think you're more prone to, trust and believe either the person you have a closer relationship with. Yes. And especially if you don't know that, that preacher, Yes. you know, and so he says something versus your close friend saying something and now there's division mm-hmm. and that could be theological division. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's dangerous. Uh, how, how about the, um, have you ever experienced something like this? How about the judgmental division that can come? Um, so here's what often happens sometimes in topic-specific ministries. We've got a parenting class that we're going to offer. And we look at the 20 adults that sign up, and the other 30 parents in the congregation didn't sign up. They're looking at the 20 thinking, what's wrong with their parenting? Why can't they get it? This is the age-old um, you know, you, you open the uh, Sunday morning up for, for corporate prayer and say, hey, everybody come on down. And, and the people that go first, you're like, I wonder what problem they have. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why do you have to have a problem mm-hmm. to go to these? But, but there's a judgmental aspect. You know, I think of uh, the recovery alive. Mm-hmm. The folks who are involved, it's like, oh, well, what, what issue do you have? What, what addiction do you have? Those kind of things. And mm-hmm. Like, you just want to look back in that thought process and say, they've got sin just like you've got sin. Right. It's just manifested <laughs> differently. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that judgmental aspect. I think there's just a lot of caution that can come when those ministries are overexalted. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me give another caution. Ministries, like we're talking about, can produce unhealthy cultures in a local church. Unhealthy culture. Let me explain that a bit. Uh, when I use the term culture, I mean how people behave based on what they believe. So every gathering of people, especially the local church, there's a culture. Either it's been created purposefully or it formed organically or it's been shaped incorrectly. But, but there's a way people behave. There's expectations. That, that's the culture of the church. I think there's a caution in certain ministries that those ministries could create cultures within the church that maybe butt heads. Hmm. So let me give you an example. You both are women. I'm not. We'll be very clear <laughs> that there's two genders in mm-hmm. Riley Road Baptist Church of Theology. So, hypothetically, you have a women's ministry, and you've really, really been taught and learned by other women, from other women. 
should there be a culture rise up in the mentality that you get your greatest discipleship from another woman? Most definitely. Um, I think, too, <clears throat> as, as broken individuals, as sinners, we all want to gravitate towards people that think like us, that look mm-hmm. like us even, or yeah. even in... Um, we, we just tend to gravitate to people mm-hmm. that are like more like-minded. And, um, but we don't set ourselves <laughs> up to... I believe we, we set ourselves up when we can't meet with other people that kind of think maybe differently. Now, I'm not talking you know, the gospel, like that we can stand firm on the gospel, but mm-hmm. in just in other issues, um, if we're not willing to sit down and talk with a brother and sister that may think differently through things, um, we miss out on learning, um, from other believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and even yeah. as men and women, like we, we miss out on that if we are not careful, mm-hmm. um, about that division that it creates. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I, I would use another example here. Let's talk about an age-specific ministry. You know, I, I dealt with this myself in student ministry, and you, and you all have seen student ministries um, from different perspectives, but it's very easy for someone in that student minister, student pastor role to, to make, make the students almost dependent upon them. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, this... this the students begin saying something like, man, I, I just prefer your preaching over Sunday morning senior pastor preaching. Mm-hmm. And I prefer your relationship, and I prefer this, and I prefer that. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you were to ever leave, man, I, my, my Christianity would just fail. Yeah. That's an unhealthy culture. Yeah, very much so, yeah. And, and, and you, you can really... But the thing is, is that there are ministry leaders who are abusing mm-hmm. that sort of manipulative power. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Yeah. And I, and I think it becomes, I, I don't know, I just go back. I just, we got to have the right understanding of who we are um, apart from Christ. Like, like we are rotten people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Our, our tendency is to worship self. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully we have the work of the Holy Spirit working within us and we can push back on that. But that is just our, that's our, um, that's what we always lean to first. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes, and I just think we have to be careful with that, especially within the different ministries within the church. Cause there, it is mm-hmm. like a, sometimes we can get kind of prideful about certain things especially if we've started a ministry and it's going well and mm-hmm. you know that pride it just wells up and it, even when we don't even expect it mm-hmm. um but just understanding who we are first yeah um but understanding who god is yeah and just making sure we keep that focus on the right thing and all the ministries are pointing to christ and yeah. it's for his glory not ours right. yeah in, in just one more example with this uh, unhealthy culture, I think we see this a lot when there's issue-specific or topic-specific um, focuses, that if it almost seems that someone has had to experience a past experience or journeyed through a similar journey in order to teach or lead or counsel somebody going through the same very issue. 
So it's almost like if you don't have a child, you can't ever teach a parenting class. And if you are single, you can't ever talk about marriage. And if you are a student, well, then you can never, you can never maybe encourage a senior adult. Right. Or there's all kinds of scenarios. If, if someone's not an addict or had a prior addiction, well, then you can't journey through somebody that has an addiction. And how... Sure, there's benefits to those things. But how wrong is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, <laughs> Megan, you can speak. Come on. Yes, I can speak now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we, we've put a lot of labels and stipulations to what and who we can teach, um, sometimes without even realizing it. And, um, you know, I've had um, singles give me parenting advice before, you know, not and taking it, like, because... Um, and just different um, areas, but just we kind of miss out on that cross discipleship within you know that too. If we're not like um, like there's a perspective sometimes that like we were talking about in like our life group sometimes. I mean that they can bring to the conversation um, just different perspectives of things, uh, mm-hmm. but like the teens walking along with a senior adult um, mm-hmm. instead of just an, a, you know, a young adult or a, another teen or, um, you know, a, a senior adult discipling children and, you know, the kids ministry or the youth ministry or young adults walking alongside senior adults. So, so I don't know, just, yeah, we can kind of put labels and stipulations. Oh, on. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, I know I'm talking a lot about student ministry. That's just where I, I know, have some experience. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think back to some of the best volunteers in student ministries right. have been, you know, senior adults. Yeah. That Where they've got the time, they've got the season of life to mm-hmm. engage them outside of church, to support them in extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a beautiful dynamic, but yet there's this stereotype in the church that... Yeah. Well, volunteers of student ministry are only the ages of parents right. of the students yeah. or only for that 20-something-year-old that's, you know, they're close to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's so wrong. Yeah. Often those who are closest to you, maybe you're not the best aides to you. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, and I, I, too, sometimes I think, too, we believe that lie yeah. that of the enemy, you know, and... I don't know. I just having kids now, like having older kids and or even younger kids, just how much my kids taught me. Um, like I can, I was so mm-hmm. just prideful as a young mom thinking, oh, mm. I've got this all together. And, <laughs> and as soon as my child could speak, I realized I do not. <laughs> and so, um, and, it, and with each child, it's different, but just how much our children can speak life into right. us. Mm-hmm. Um, we need our, we need to have go across the, the age specific mm-hmm. stuff and because yeah. we need one another. And, um, even just having a more seasoned person in my life, like, like they've journeyed there. They can, they can mm-hmm. encourage me and help me to remember who it is that I'm served. 
and and even with the kids, their minds are not all clouded with the hustle yeah. and bustle of life. And so sometimes they can come at it at a different angle where oh, we man. can't see. We've, we're blinded because of all the struggles of life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we need yeah. one another. And and sometimes the innocence of kids' statements yes are profound, and they don't even know it. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. Uh, okay, let me let me just mention one last caution because I think we've talked all the way around this mm-hmm. last one, but I'll share it anyhow. When we're talking about these types of ministries, these topic-specific, gender-specific, age-specific ministries, these types of ministries, and here's the last caution, these types of ministries can too often be the tail wagging the dog. That that's an illustration. That's not literal. I had to look that up. It did, cut it through. The, the, the tail <laughs> wagging the dog got you. Yeah, like, yeah. So <laughs> the dog should be wagging the tail. Yes. The tail should not be wagging the dog. Right. And in yeah. that that metaphorical sense, the local church is the dog. <laughs> the ministries are the tail. Mm-hmm. Anytime the ministries mm-hmm. begin to trump the local church, or overshadow, or the ministries are overexalted, you have an issue. Mm-hmm. Now, we, again, we've talked all the way around this, but to clarify, when, when a ministry becomes so prominent, it begins driving the financial dollars mm-hmm. of the church. Uh, when, when a ministry becomes so prominent, it, it begins to really take on a lot of volunteer needs, and it can wear out the people to perform a ministry and not to be about other areas of the cause of the work. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of this, it can be too much of a focus. It can become too great a thing to where the identity of the church becomes that specific area of focus. Mm-hmm. And that's the culture. And if you're going to come to Raleigh Road, then you're coming knowing this is what you're getting into. Yeah. And a, a lot of other things are neglected. Ever seen this? Experienced it? Metaphorically speaking, not literally <laughs> physically. Uh. <laughs> yes, I, I have experienced it, even, even in my own life, like being involved with children's ministries. Um, like I, I did, like I wanted, I wanted that ministry to succeed mm-hmm. that I lost sight of why I was even doing it in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And, and that happens often within the local church. It's... Um, Again, our self gets in the way, and sometimes we don't like to think of ourselves that way, but it's just for fact that <laughs> we get in the way all the time, and we have to keep that focus um, back on what the purpose of the church is for. Yeah. So. And Megan, since you like my terminology so much, mm-hmm. any, any comments? Um, no, I mean, I agree with what um, Daphne's saying. Um, you know, we can put, you know, all our resources, like our volunteers, the budget, the money, and um, time into a ministry because it is drawing people or it's just um, the reason why people are even coming maybe um, that we're kind of replacing um, we can kind of put so much focus on that that we're we're losing the forefront of the local church in our mind and um, you know um, and so I think that's where you have to have a really good understanding of what the local church is and about mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're only going to be focused on ministries. I mean, I'm guilty of, you know, I'm sure 
put in ministries before that, before I really had a better understanding of what the local church is and what the Bible, you know, shows in Scripture, what it's supposed to be, how God designed it, and um, the purpose behind it. Uh, and I'm not trying to promote the class, but... <laughs> Yes, I am, because everybody needs to go Sh- to it. Shameful plug, and I don't even know what you're talking about. And he did not put me up to it. But no, um, no, the Ministry Institute really opened my eyes to where um, just things I grew up with um, that I realized were very cultural, and um, people changed terminology, and just or just even what you grew up thinking, or you, you say, well, we've always done that, so it should be good. But sometimes the Bible has nothing... There's nothing about it in there. Just learning what, where biblically, why we do what we do as a local body, and just, uh, just that, just under an understanding, the fancy word, I guess, ecclesiology. There you go. Yeah, yeah, ecclesiology. (laughs) I learned something. Um, (laughs) Just having a a good understanding of that, I think, will really help drive these churches to bring it back to the local church. So, go to the class. So the conclusion seems to be of the episode, these ministries can be helpful. Yes. They they can be beneficial to the local church, but practice with caution. Mm -hmm. There can be dangers, and there can be dangers and areas of caution that can creep in without even noticing a lot of Mm -hmm. times. So you have to be aware, you have to keep your eyes open, and you have to be diligent in always evaluating and always making sure your purpose is geared back to the local church and the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair assessment? Yep. Yes. <laughs> Daphne, Megan, any last parting words? Because what our audience needs to know is you all, you two, you were just super thrilled to be on oh, this yeah. episode. Super thrilled to be done. <laughs> <laughs> super thrilled to be, be done. done. Yeah. Two, no, it was two extroverts in the room with yeah. me right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> it's not that bad. No, it was Daphne, thank you. Megan, thank you. You're uh, listeners, I hope that you appreciated our two guests and our conversation today. Until next time, we'll be back soon. <laughs>